Well, thank you so much, uh, Steve. I cannot tell you, there's no way to put into words how honored, how honored I feel to be here today and my love for this church, for the Hogg family um, is very, very deep. And so uh, I just am incredibly honored by uh, this opportunity. Um, have you ever noticed when it comes to Christmas songs, the ones that you hear in the mall, the ones that were probably started playing way too early, in my opinion, at times. Uh, I think October's too early. That's just my opinion. But um, have you ever noticed some of the themes of those songs? Uh, very, very familiar. You're going to know these. Uh, we're snuggled up together like two birds of a feather would be. That's a sleigh ride. Um, when we finally kiss goodnight, how I hate going out in the storm, but if you really hold me tight all the way home, I'll be what? Warm, yes. Uh, and that, uh, I don't know, you guys got some snow. I know back in Easley we got a little bit of snow, which is a great gift, especially for our kids. Um, decorations on red and green Christmas tree won't be the same, dear, if you're not here with me. Any Elvis fans in the room? Yeah, I see that hand. God bless you. All right, so um, enough said about that. All right, um, how about this one? Uh, please have snow and mistletoe and presents under the tree. I'll be home for Christmas. Um, and then I, like, I kind of like this one. Uh, mistletoe hung where you can see every couple tries to stop. Rocking around the Christmas tree. Um, we could go on and on. We don't have a whole lot of time. But the one theme that I want you to see in all these, these songs that we hear over and over, they become so re, kind of redundant routine, uh, some of you love them dearly, is the word love. It kind of ties them all together. In fact, I uh, saw this or read this on our internet. As you know, everything's true on the internet, right? I did read this, and it said that more people in the month of uh, December are engaged in even in February around Valentine's Day. Uh, this, I did not know that. Again, I'm sure it's true because I read it on the internet. But uh, there is a lot of kind of love in the air, right? And uh, maybe you see that. Uh, but there's no greater love than what we celebrate in the love of Christ. And if you have a copy of the scripture, I want you to turn to Ephesians 3, one of my favorite passages. It's going to be on the screen here. Or if you have a hard copy, or now you can use whatever electronic device that you have as I read. It's Ephesians 3, uh, verse uh, 14 through 19, and uh, this is God's word. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit, and that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and the width and the height and the depths of God's love. And to know the Messiah's love, to know Christ's love that it surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And this is God's word. One of the things that I want you to see in this passage as we think about 
God's love, and we think about this time of year, is that prayer is a direct channel that connects you to the riches of his glory. Do you, do you see that there? It, it says that I, I pray, and this is Paul praying for a group of people that he dearly, dearly loves. It's, it's the church. It's people. It's a group of people in a place called Ephesus, and he is praying this. And before he even says that I pray according to the riches of the the glory of God, it literally says that he is kneeling before the Father and acknowledges that every name, every name that's ever been born is because of the Father. And then he says this, he prays according to the riches of his glory. And as I saw that, that that changes everything, doesn't it? When you think about the, the limitless resources of God, And every time that you and I pray on behalf of others, especially that they understand the love of God more, when we do that, we pray according to the riches of his glory. You know, one of the things that I'm realizing about my life as I start to to get a little bit older is that at times when you know family members or you know friends or you know um, others that that you prayed for for a long time, and you long to see them understand the love of God. You, you have people like that in your life, and maybe you prayed a long time, and you just haven't seen them open their heart to God. And through that, if you're like me, you can get discouraged. That's why he wrote these words, because. Even when we pray and we don't see others change and there's years that go by and and we think, God, I long for you to to touch that person's heart in such a way that, that they understand your love in a fresh way and then nothing happens, maybe discouragement sets in. Remember who you're praying to. You're praying to according to the riches of the glory of God. Never stop praying for those people that they understand God's love. It is a limitless resource with God. And he goes on, he says, I pray that you be strengthened with the power in the inner man through his spirit. That that this prayer connects you to strength in your inner being through his spirit. And, And... in your inner being, but in others. Because that's ultimately what you and I are praying for, aren't we? We're praying that God would touch others in the deepest part of their soul. And that God would change not only your life and my life, but the people that we're praying for, that they understand God's love, that they that they're Their hearts are changed. Because God through his power and his spirit has the capacity to do that, doesn't he? He still has the capacity to go to the deepest parts of human beings and change their hearts from the inside out. That's why Jesus came. And and then I want you to notice through this passage is that that power is, and love are, are the key components 
to, to understand God's love more equals power for believers according to this passage. And, and it starts in the deepest parts of our soul. And that, that's ultimately why Messiah, Jesus, came to this earth. That's ultimately why we celebrate this time as far as when we understand what real love is. Look what it says there. Messiah dwells in your hearts through faith. That's ultimately why we celebrate. All throughout the scripture, you guys know, many of you have been in church most of your life, and you know that as you look at the Old Testament, everything points to Jesus, doesn't it? And there's these prophecies that, that a Messiah would come. And the whole purpose of that Messiah of him coming is so that he would change people from the inside out. And one of my favorite prophecies is found in Ezekiel in chapter 36. And many of you know this story, probably have heard it, taught it even in your Sunday school classes or, or during your Bible studies. You will know that, that there was a prophecy that was given that, that there were these dry bones in a desert, right? And these dry bones began to come together and, and they began to, to have life to them. That, that, that's why Jesus came to, to, to awaken the, the dry bones of our hearts to bring life to us. And it goes on in, Ezek, in Ezekiel 37 and it literally says, it prophesies that when the Messiah comes, he will he will exchange. He will give those who place their faith in him. He will give those a heart of flesh. He will replace a heart of stone with a heart of flesh. What does that mean? He gives us life, doesn't he? He gives us life from the inside out because of Christ and because of his love. That is why Jesus came to be born on this earth, isn't it? To give us life. And not only experience that life, but to pray that that life will awaken others to Christ. It goes on, he says, that you need to be rooted and established in love. Go back and look at that, that passage again, that Messiah may dwell in, in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may be able to comprehend, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. One of the things that, I, um, that I've had to come to a realization in my own life because this, this is all I've ever done as far as uh, ministry, vocational ministry. Now, Steve knows this. I've been to quite a few places. And I've done student ministry, college ministry, and, and now uh, I'm, I'm actually a, a lead pastor. And, and I, can I just say this to you, Steve? I'll say it publicly. I, just probably, I feel like I need to say it because I'm, I'm trying to do this lead pastor thing now. I just... I just need to say I'm sorry, okay? And here's why. I was here, uh, you know, 16, 17 years ago. And I had no idea 
what it was like to sit in your chair. I had no idea until I'm trying to sit in the chair now. It's been one of the most humbling experiences I've ever had in ministry. And I don't want to take away from any positions that we have as far as ministry. But until you kind of sit in the seat that, that, that Pastor Steve has sat in for 30 years, there's no way to understand the weight that he's felt for 30 years. And I would say that for Manisa too. There's just no way to, until you sit in that seat. And, and then the, here's the other thing. I, when, when I didn't sit in that seat, can I just confess this? Is pride? There were times I thought I could do it better. How wrong was I? Um, your, your faithfulness to one local body for 30 years is absolutely mind-boggling to me. And not only not only serving, but but there are temptations at times. I'm just going to be incredibly honest here. There's be, there's temptations, I'm sure, at times just kind of set it in neutral. But the one thing I know about you is that you won't. You continue to lead. And the faithfulness of that. One of my favorite passages is in Colossians is a guy that's not listed very often. We don't know that much about him. His name is Epaphras. And, and Paul says this about him. He says that you learned it from Epaphras who told us of the love for the saints and is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. There is something to be said about 30 years of faithfulness. What a gift you guys have had. And not only in Steve, but in Monisa. And Stephen, when you were a teenager, I can't imagine you getting up here and saying what you said today. I mean, two words out of your mouth was good, unless you talked about the Kentucky Wildcats, right? That was absolutely beautiful to affirm your dad with. You say, why do I say? Because here's what, look, look what it says. It says to comprehend with the saints. In order for us to comprehend the love of God more, listen, we need each other as the church. We, we, we need gathering together like this to worship God through music, to open up his word. We, we need times when you guys will go and, and, and not just sit in a classroom, but you will open God's word and you will, you will learn from each other. Uh, you, you, will, you will invest your life into others. You say, why? Be, why, why do we, we need each other like that? Because there's going to be seasons where you're going to go through discouragement, right? And, and then others are possibly encouraged and, and they're passionate about their relationship to, with God. But, but you're going through a struggle and you see that passion in that other person and you're drawn more to God's love. That's what it means to comprehend with the saints the need for the church to love God and love one another. I've not seen uh, more of a need for that than today. And I want to personally thank you as a church 
publicly, okay, for your investment in Michelle and I and our four kids. We, we now have, we, we have four biological kids. Our, our youngest, Caroline, is with us today. She was born in Rock Hill, and uh, she was born two days after the world was supposed to end in 2000. And, um, and I remember that very vividly. But yeah, she was January 3rd, 2000. She, she, she'll be 18. My two oldest kids are now married, which absolutely blows my mind. And then we are now in the process of adopting two kids. And they're, they're with the kids' um, ministry, uh, 8 and 10. And I'm praying real hard that they make it through this hour. Okay, so they're great kids. And God is in. But I, I want to personally thank you guys. Because uh, 17 years ago, I was, some of you are going to know this. I was at an interesting time, and Steve knows this as, as well as anybody. And um, I was questioning a lot of things, and to be very honest, it had nothing to do with you guys. It had nothing to do with the staff. Steve was nothing but good to me and this whole staff through this time. But there were some things going on inside of me that I was just questioning a lot of things and even possibly some, maybe even struggling with a little bit of burnout, the whole deal. And we felt God, with four small kids and Michelle and I, felt God was leading us in 2001 to start a ministry in Greenville. And I'll be honest with you, as I look back on that, I had no idea what we were going to be doing. And we, uh, we had to raise some support, the whole deal. And, and you guys very much loved us through that time. And because we were trying to start a ministry and, and all those things, there was a season about six months after that we left here where it, it was just a difficult season for Michelle and I. And uh, and even some, I won't go into a lot of these, even some finance, um, just because we're trying to start a ministry. And Terry Hood called us out of the blue. And Michelle was getting ready to write a check for our mortgage. And I'm being really, really honest. We did not have the money at the time to pay our mortgage. And Terry, out of the blue, called us and said, um, we as a church have taken up uh, some money for you guys to support your ministry. And Michelle said, she said, where could we possibly help you guys? And she said, you know, we're getting ready to pay our mortgage. And she said, she asked her how much it was. And Terry said, this is still very, very dear to me. We can pay the next six months of your mortgage.
we've not forgotten that love that you guys, through the ministry of Steve, have done for us. You have been the church to us. And we're incredibly thankful. And through that, God brought some healing in my heart. And even as I had struggled with a little bit of bitterness, it was in my heart. It had nothing to do with, with what others around me. God brought some healing and, and, and even um, has given me a love for the church that I cannot even explain today. And that's why I think it's important for us to surrender others to, to God's love through prayer. And that's, that's what he says here. And uh, in this passage, I want you to see, um, look what he prays. He, he prays that they may comprehend with the saints what is the length and the width and the height and the depth of God's love. And then to know that love that surpasses all knowledge Listen, one of the things that you and I as as the church are called to do, and, and it's an incredible privilege, is to surrender God's love to, to, to others through prayer, that they will comprehend that love. Have you ever tried to make someone love God? That's kind of hard, isn't it? And, and, and as a minister, and I know Steve and Monisa can can identify with this. It's, it's heart aching at times that we long to see people understand the love of God. And we think, if I could just somehow take a dose of that and, and put it in this person's heart and mind. Listen, we can't do that as humans, can we? But we can go to the God of all creation and the God of love and we can pray, God, would you help them understand how wide and how long and how deep the love of God is? We can do that. Have you ever tried to get someone to love you back? If you're a guy and if you can remember middle school years, that's probably all of us, right? It's hard to get someone to love you back. One of the most humbling things for Michelle and I have been this last year. It's not a reflection of the kids that we're in the process of adopting. It's all the trauma that they've experienced over their short life. We know God's called us to them. They've been with us almost a year now. But it's not been easy. And this past Thanksgiving, we got another kind of treat in our, in our family. In our, in our family, um, my, my brother and his wife adopted a little girl from China about 10 years ago. And, and then through some circumstances, they found out of another little boy who's around three or four years old just this past Thanksgiving um, that he had been adopted from China and the people that had adopted him, they just, they couldn't do it. It was just too much. And so they, they, were, they were willing to try to find another placement for him. When, when you feel a call to adopt, especially for kids that experienced a lot of trauma, they have no idea how to accept love. 
And, and the one thing I've discovered is if I have the motivation to love someone in order to be loved back, I'm going to be disappointed. But isn't that the love of God? that he poured out on you and I without any expectation, the incredible gift that he gave through his son who lived on this earth 33 years, a sinless life, who died a death that you and I deserved. He took on all our sin, everything from the deepest parts of our hearts. He took those things on out of a sacrifice of love. Greater love has no one than this, than what? That he would give his life for us. God's love is motivated not out of receiving love. God's love is motivated out of giving his love. And through that, we can know God's love that surpasses all knowledge. One of the things I've begin to understand in my own life is that the greatest danger in seeking knowledge about God more than seeking more comprehension of his love. You know, I went to seminary. You don't say that. And then I, but you, do you know this? In, during my years of seminary, years ago, during my years, and this is just for me personally, during my years of seminary were some of the most difficult for me spiritually as far as intimacy with God. You say, how in the world? You're studying about God every day. Because my tendency was to, to want to get more knowledge of God and not really understand more of his love. And that can happen for any of us, can it? You know, I grew up in church, man. My my mom was a church secretary for the, at the same church for 53 years, my, my home church. She recently retired, finally. And I was in church nine months before I was born. You, you, you guys with me? And that's such a gift. Many of you have grown up in church. But in the midst of growing up in church for me at times, I allow God's love to become routine and possibly dull. That had nothing to do with his love for me. That had everything to do with my response to that love. To know that love that surpasses knowledge and or that, and here's the last thing, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Look what it says there. You may be filled with the fullness of God. Filled to the fullness of God is directly connected to seeking to comprehend more of God's love. You're, you're filled with the fullness of God. It's, it's directly connected with understanding the limitless, deep long, wide, high love of God that, that never stops giving. One of the most appealing things for me in life, you want to tell me that something that I'm drawn to probably more than any other thing is you find me an 80-year-old person, man or woman, who's madly in love with Jesus. There's nothing more appealing to me than that. 
which also talks about in, in 2 Corinthians 4 that says that outwardly we're wasting away. Gravity wins every time, doesn't it? Just have hair on my head, now I have hair in my ears, okay? It, it wins every time, doesn't it? We're going to talk about my back, all right? So outwardly we're wasting away. The Bible said because of God's love, inwardly we can be renewed day by day, can't we? So if you want to give the greatest gift I believe that can be given today, the greatest gift that you can give to others is to pray they will understand God's gift of love more. It's the greatest gift that you can give others. Let's pray together. Just take a moment to reflect on your life. This is your opportunity to respond to God's word and his love and his grace. And maybe you're here today and you've, you've understood God's love, but you've possibly grown a little bit routine to that love. Would you pray this prayer today? God, would you help me understand, comprehend your love in a fresh way? Maybe you're here today, you came with someone and, 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 and you, you don't have a relationship to God and God has, has, has touched your heart today and you need to give your life to Christ. In just a moment after I pray, we're going to have a time response and pastors will be here. Would you come forward and say, and take the hand of one of these pastors and say, I, I want to give my life to Christ today. Or maybe you have someone in your life that you've prayed with for a long, long time and you've given up on them. Maybe you just want to come and pray for that person in a fresh way that they understand God's love. Maybe you want to pray this passage over them for the next year that they understand God's love. Would you surrender that person to Him? Father, thank You for hearing our prayers. Thank You for Your Word. And thank you for your love. May your Holy Spirit do what only you can do to draw others to you for your glory. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.